just keep on worshiping.
Sunday, and as an act of worship, we want to lift up our seniors who will be soon stepping out into a new chapter of their life, asking that God would be magnified in their life and be bringing to remembrance everything that's been poured into them up until this point. I just want to share with you just a few that are graduating. We have four in our student ministry. Monique Mata. She will be, uh, be graduating from Porter High School. We also have uh, Abigail. We call her Abby. Abs. Uh, Abigail Paloma. She uh, graduated from Omo High School. Uh, her future plans to go into cosmetology, uh, cosmetology school, immediately after her graduation. We also have Edgar, our soccer player. He's uh, going to. He graduated from New Caney. He'll be graduating very soon. He. Uh, actually received honors for being the first team district for soccer. He's a really awesome to have that honor with him and with the uh, future plans of going to Lone Star College. And finally, we also have Zane. Miss Zane, who's grown up with us, and she uh, graduated from Blue River Academy. Her future plans will be to studying marketing. I left Zane for last because we want something special given to her. Zane has been awarded from the women's ministry, the the, the girls' scholarship award, and uh, we're gonna just take a, just a few seconds to present that to her. If we want to give a round of applause to Miss Zane, would you join us up here on the stage, Miss Zane? Zane, we are so, so very proud of you. I'm not going to make you give a speech or anything. But uh, we do want to share this with you. We have a, a very unique gift. Um, this award has very special meaning, not only to Zane, but for this church as a whole. Because it honors someone very, very special to us as well. And from here on forward, this award will be given in honor of this person as well. Good morning. Once again, it's that time of year for the women's ministry to show its support of the young ladies in our church family by awarding our 11th college scholarship. This past year has been a very difficult one for all of us, yet we come together you all come together as the body of Christ and graciously supported our scholarship fund. And we are so grateful. There are so many words and emotions that could describe the grief, the sorrow, and the indescribable loss that our church family has endured this past year. Yet, you all continue to keep your eyes on Christ and the work he has for us. And again, we thank you for that also. With that being said, Calvary's Women's Ministry would like to bring honor and remembrance to one of our own sisters in Christ by renaming our scholarship. For now, and until the end of forever, may our scholarship be known 
as the Kathy Day Memorial Scholarship Fund. We at Calvary have watched Zane Fisher grow from that cute little shy girl that hid behind her parents into the beautiful young women we know today. More importantly, our church family has witnessed Zane's faith and commitment to the Lord deepen as she volunteered in our nursery, helping with our media team, taking on a servant role with leadership role with our youth, helping with VBS, and as an integral part of American Heritage Girls as one of their leaders. Zane has received many special awards, such as the Dolly Madison Award, their top-level award for fulfilling all six of the American Heritage Girls programs, the President's Volunteer Service Award for completing over 100 service hours in just one year, and many other awards honoring her achievements over the years, ranging from academic accomplishments to hundreds of volunteer service hours. Today, it is an honor for Calvary Women's Ministry to award the Kathy Day Memorial Scholarship to Ms. Zane Fisher. Zane is also part of our servant leadership team. She has been since its conception. Uh, God has created an amazing woman of God in the the person of Zane. And we want to honor her mother and father as well. I know it's God's love and training in through you that's been poured out into the life of Zane. And it's so abundantly clear and evident that uh, her love for the Lord has been stimulated by her parents. So I want to give you an honor as well. Zane, so very, very proud of you. Student Sunday. It's going to look a little different than normal Sundays. Once a year, we're going to have a chance to highlight what's going on in the lives of the next generation of our faith family. I think God has assembled an incredible crew that is pouring into the lives of young people here at Calvary. And uh, we want to get a chance to do a few things to share with you what exactly is going on, Uh, what is happening in that room and outside these church walls in in the way of raising up the next generation in partnership with parents. I want to share with you just a few things about uh, student ministry before we get started here. Uh, The structure of student ministry is very much a desired partnership with the primary source of spiritual influence in the life of a a young person. That's their parents. That is their caregiver, their guardian. Whoever that is always will have the primary source of spiritual influence in their life. And we desire so much to come alongside and to help to that end. My mom, she was a single parent, and she did the best she could to teach me all she knew one of the things I valued so much about what she did in my upbringing, she's pla- she placed me in the company of godly men. She placed me in environments of life change where God used incredible men and women of God to mold the man that I would become. And coupled with her own personal efforts, 
We do the same thing on Wednesday nights over here in this room. Uh, we gather together. Uh, we open the doors at six o'clock so that there's connection that takes place. We, uh, we've got these legit uh, soccer goals because of uh, guys like Edgar and Daniel and Jose who uh, they uh, really rally our group to, to play, have an incredible time with one another and playing soccer together, having that fellowship. Uh, Zane was part of building this awesome Gaga ball pit that's probably going to last 20 years. I think that thing is uh, sturdier than some of the walls in this church building. Uh, it's, I was just so impressed with, uh, with your leadership there. And uh, it's, it's going to, it's, we gather together inside playing Gaga ball. If you don't know what that is, just look it up. It's a good time. It's good times. Um, and then uh, around 645, we get started with our service. We have a question box in uh, in our in our room. It's just a little box that says, got questions. One of the things I valued so much about my pastor growing up is he let me ask questions. I had a lot of them. He let me ask the hard questions where I felt like, man, I know we're not supposed to ask this. Why would you assume you can't ask that? I loved his approach to letting me ask questions. And so every Wednesday night, we take two or three questions out of the question box. And I tell them, look, I'm never going to give you my opinion. If I can't answer this with, uh, if we can't look at the answer to a question like this with scripture, uh, you know, what value does it have? Opinions don't mean nothing. I mean, unless it is sourced in truth. So we do a question uh, or two out of the question box. And then we go through into a message. One of the things we don't do is the six flags over Jesus. I'm not going to compete with enter- entertainment avenues in the lives of young people. For what? We partner with, with parents to bring them into an environment of life change. After the message, something really important happens. It's one thing to be sitting down in a chair listening to truth, nodding your head in agreement, saying, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know what, I need to start doing that. You know what, man, yeah, I need to stop doing that. One thing to recognize truth. It's, it's another thing altogether to go from here to here. After a message, we gather together in, in small groups where they have a chance to dialogue using questions about what we just discussed to help them process what they just heard. There's something about going from here to here that makes it stick here. I can nod my head in agreement with something, but when I put voice to it, I'm now verbalizing what I've agreed with and internally hold myself accountable to what I just said. And so we create an environment for that to take place with our small group leaders such an incredible job because they do so much more than just that small segment of time on Wednesday nights to speak and touch the heart of our, of, of our young people. That's the structure of what happens on Wednesday nights. On Sunday mornings, we also gather in the connect groups and we go through apologetic studies. Right now we're going through the flood. What is, what is, the, what is the historical account of the flood and what does it matter to our, our, our world today, our worldview? We have a uh, passage of uh, scripture on the back of our youth ministry t-shirts uh, that says, be ready always to give an answer for the hope that is in you. 
apologetics is not just interesting studies. We want them to be prepared and have ready an answer to offer those that God is strategic place in their life that may have questions, even tough questions, things that uh, worldly philosophies will conflict with in teachings of Scripture. Girls are helping me out. <laughs> Come on up, girls. <laughs> we, have, we were supposed to have a video. We, uh, they're, they're supposed to come up here doing the video. <laughs> but go ahead. You can grab that. Yeah, right on there. <laughs> it's like, we're supposed to do it doing the video. Um, we um, have that intentions well, on, on Sunday mornings during connect groups. Um, <laughs> I'll, t- I'll just take it. <laughs> Thank you, girls. Oh, thank you. These two are part of our servant leadership team. You'll see them a little bit later on in the service. Thank you, girls. Appreciate it. This is uh, our T-shirt. 20 bucks if you want one. It says, uh, be ready always to give an answer. We want our students to not question. We want them to know not just what they believe, but why they believe it. Do you really believe that what you believe is really real? It's a very fair question. Did you just grow up with these understandings and truths spoken in your life, or do you really believe it? If you really believe it, do you know how, why these things are true? Do you really believe that what you believe is really real? Be ready always to give an answer, and not just articulate something that you heard. That's what our hope is in the lives of young people. And to that end, God has assembled an incredible team, an incredible crew that is passionate about the things I've just shared with you. And so before we get into the message, I just want to honor them because I so very much appreciate the behind the scenes work they do to affect and steer and guide the lives of the young people at this church. In partnership with you parents, You may not even know them, but I can tell you, you don't know the extent of the the behind-the-scenes work they do to to do what they can to utilize what God has given them to captivate the hearts of young people for God's glory. And to that end, I just want to just honor them for just a second. We have nine very passionate youth leaders at Calvary. It's not just me. This is your Emerge Youth Leadership Corps. And they don't know this, but I'm going to call them up here one at a time because I have something I want to give them. I'm going to give them uh, some awards that I think highlights why they are an essential and have become an essential part of our youth ministry team. The first is that uh, would actually be a couple. This is uh, Anthony and Darla Madrid. They have and will receive the Newcomer Rockstar Award. They have been with us for maybe just over a year, I believe, at least uh, Miss Darla here. And I just want to read this to you. This is awarded to Anthony and Darla Madrid for your immediate impact upon joining the Emerge Student Ministry. You both quickly went beyond the call of a small group leader 
and eagerly sought other ways to elevate student ministry and this church with the talents and giftings the Lord has blessed you with. I don't know. <laughs> Stay here. Stay here? Yeah. Yes. You guys don't maybe not know this, but Anthony helps us out in the sound booth. Miss Darla has just taken uh, a role in our prayer team, so they serve in other areas that are beyond youth ministry. And anytime we have any sort of church function, they're one of the first ones to raise their hand. They believe it. Our next award is called the Super Trooper Award. The Super Trooper Award goes to Miss Angie Shepherd. She is, she's not here, but I want to read this to you. You guys know Miss Angie, and you guys know um, why we're praying for her. She is experiencing a, a lot of uh, you know, bodily li limitations and hardships, and we are praying for her. I would encourage you to join us in prayer. But li listen to this. This is so true about who she is. This award is uh, this is awarded to Miss Angie Shepherd for your steadfastness and perseverance in ministry, even through heavy bodily hardships and limitations, remaining faithful and available to join in the Lord's work in the lives of young people. Your example of strength, Miss Angie, if you listen, I truly mean this from the bottom of my heart. Your example of strength is both commendable and inspiring. We love you, Miss Angie Shepherd. Our next award is called the Marathon Man Award. When I read the description, you'll understand why this gentleman has received this reward because he's not here for the very reason, for the very things I'm about to read to you. The Marathon Man, this is awarded to you for the incredible poise you display in your many areas of service to others. You juggle several straining responsibilities, yet have been faithfully present in all areas, areas of your influence. Your seemingly endless endurance is a true testament that the man of God indeed can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. And we thank you, Pastor Hurston, who is right now teaching a class. <laughs> he teaches on Sunday nights, I'm sorry, Sunday mornings, Thursdays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and uh, after this service is over, he also has a role in the in the in the Spanish service as well. He translates in the back. He was serving uh, yesterday at uh, at the at the memorial service, and the skill in his ability to translate Spanish to English or English to Spanish was incredible to watch. And so, Pastor Hurston, if you ever watch this, we love you. We so very much appreciate you. I'm going to get somebody to come up here with you. I got you. <laughs> the next award is called the Minister's Minister Award. The Minister's Minister Award. And it goes to Esteban. Esteban is currently behind the camera, so he cannot join me up here on the stage. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> this is awarded to Esteban for your watchful eye. Always observant and mindful of the needs of those in our ministry, both students and leaders. Your unique intuition de detects even the slightest indication of struggle, and I find that incredible. And it's coupled with a sincere desire to help. Oh, look at that. Just coming down. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> Personally, 
You have been a fueling encouragement to my wife and I in many ways. Your friendship has been a, con a, a, has been a continuous overflow of God's grace into a minister's cup that is constantly being filled. <laughs> here, stay up here for just a second. We're almost dead. Not really. We're halfway through. Okay. I'll go, I'll go a little bit quicker here. But I don't want to pass over these things. This is going to Mr. Jarrett Chapman. He's being awarded the Dr. Brother Award. Dr. Brother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take it. He calls me Brother Pastor. I call him Dr. Brother. Jared Chapman, this, award, this is awarded to you for your unmatched desire for connection and inviting others to join you in the joys of your life. You cannot hang out with Jared and not experience joy that just comes pouring and emitted out of him. You have all the distinctions and achievements that come with your wealth of knowledge, yet you value relationships more than the accolades you possess. Your humility is both inspiring and convicting. You bring a peaceful strength through your support of wisdom and friendship. <laughs> Dr. Brother. Thank you, bro. Next award is called the Ready Steady Spaghetti Award. This Ready Steady Spaghetti Award goes to Miss Christina Holloway. This is awarded to Christina for your much needed aptitude in the ways of organization and administration in our team. You're always ready. You steady our course and have done so in many ways that has not gone unnoticed. You prepare and deliver on complex tasks and make short work of them as though making a simple pasta dish. Your attention to detail and follow through has become an invaluable addition to this ministry team. And I thank you so very much. <laughs> Last and certainly not least. This next award goes to my lady. My lady is being awarded the, uh, you guys have heard the jack of all trades. Well, this is the Jill of all skills. Miss <laughs> Drea Avalar, my beautiful bride. This has got the longest one, by the way. Good reason. This is a <laughs> the Jill of All Skills Award is given to Ms. Dre Avalar for being the rare gem who beautifully exemplifies a heart that is passionately in tune with the Lord's work. The Lord has so abundantly equipped you for his good works because you strive for excellence in all you do for him. God is God is always working in your fidelity to his direction and fervor in serving wherever he leads has resulted in a multifaceted demonstration of gifts that is matched by so few even amongst distinguished ministry veterans. You are a rock of this ministry 
sense in many ways, this church, because you have made Christ a solid rock of your life and how we're changed. I don't know if you guys know this, but Rhea does a lot more than youth ministry related things here. In fact, in fact uh, she's behind the sound booth, handling the slides. She put that slide up herself. But on a Sunday morning, uh, Adari could not join us uh, on, uh, we had something come up where he couldn't join us on a Sunday morning. We needed a, a, a keyboardist. And um, we were just going to do a cappella. And Drea said, well, I can play. She came up here without practice much and just owned. They, I mean, God just manifested himself in the spur of a moment. She hadn't played in over two years. It's like, oh, yeah, I got you. I'm like, what can't, what can't you do, my love? The Jill of All Skills awarded to you, my love. We are not, these are not the only ones that are the backbone of our youth ministry team. There are a group of students that have answered the call. I want to do something for the Lord now. I don't want to wait until I have to become an adult and figure out what my career is going to look like. What can I do now? How can I use what, how God has formed me, has wired me to, refer, to further his kingdom? What can I do? I said, you can move chairs, you can do this, you can do that. I said, but that's not my goal. If you're going to serve on a certain leadership team, I want to do what my pastor did with me and did his best to pour into me leadership principles that wherever God would place me, I would have that under my belt to build off. And so I share with our servant leadership team, I don't want help. I want to do what we can to raise the next generation of ministry leaders so that wherever God places you, you will have these leadership principles to build on and make the God's name famous wherever you are. And so to that end, we, we meet two times a week for, uh, for discipleship training, Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights, the first students to be here and the last students to leave. No one pays them anything. But you're earning crowns in heaven. I want to welcome the servant leadership team to have you guys see who they are. Servant leadership team, would you come join me on, on the stage for just a second? This is Jose, Daniel, Zane, Tessa, Thomas, Aoife, and Kat. They are your servant leadership team, have answered this call, and want to do things now. Guys, this is your, stu- your Emerge Student Ministry team right here. Woo! Would you come up this way, Miss Tiana, and gonna get a good shot right here? just want to get, put, we'll, uh, we want to remember this. If we can't see you, (laughs) (laughs) guys, give them applause. One more round of applause. Thank you, guys. I know that took a good portion of our service. It was important. I want you to see who God has assembled in your faith family to 
come alongside parents, grandmas, aunts, uncles, those who have even the slightest influence in the life of a young person to come alongside of you and teaching truth to our young people who will be in your place. In the few minutes that we have left, I just want to share just a few words of encouragement. Add 300 to that. You're close. Sounds pretty good. In here, there are 936 gumballs. If each gumball represented a one week's of time, this is how many weeks you have from the day that your child is, birth, is born to the date of their 18th birthday. It's not a lot. 18 years might seem like a lot. But for many of us, this is already halfway gone. For some of us, there's not very many left. And yet for others still, this has been empty for a long time. What have we done? the time that each one of these was removed from the jar. It's not time lost. I would say it's a time to be redeemed. Nonetheless, the time is spent. What have we done with this time that was spent? 18 years can go by very, very quickly. But I want to encourage you with something. You are not going to have to do this alone. God has not wired the faith family to leave you to your, to your to leave us alone to to not come alongside of us in something so important as raising the next generation. How have these been spent in the lives of your children? I'm going to read a passage here to you. This is in Second Timothy in chapter one. Beginning of verse number three, it says, Timothy, I thank God for you. This is Paul writing to Timothy saying, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did, night and day, I constantly, I, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you for I remember your, uh, your tears as we, as we parted. And I again will be filled with joy when we are together again. So there's clearly a very, in-depth relationship between Paul and Timothy. So much so that Paul refers to Timothy as his son in the faith. Not his biological father at all. But has a spiritual parental engagement with, his, with, with Timothy. But verse number five is really important. I remember your genuine faith that you share for you share the faith that was first filled, that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. 
what's incredible is, yes, Paul had an enormous impact on Timothy's faith, so much so that he calls him the son of the faith. But even then, Timothy's faith journey did not start with Paul. Look what Paul says later on in chapter 3. You don't have to turn there, but look here. It says, but you remain faithful to the things you have been taught by me. No. You know they are true, for you know you can trust who taught you. Who, me? Paul? No. For you have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. They have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting Christ Jesus. In his time growing up, when these things were being spent, Lois and Eunice were pouring their faith in their life to young Timothy. The scriptures that were revealed to him that brought on saving faith in Timothy's life happened in this time here in chapter 3. When, when you have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. Timothy probably had several highly impactful spiritual moments, understandings and truths with Paul. But Timothy, Timothy's faith began at that. The truth was first demonstrated to Timothy by his mother Eunice and his grandmother Lois. You see, Paul was building on top of something that was already started. When I see incredible impacts happen in the lives of young people, it was a result of something that was already started in the home. I'm going to share this one last thing with you, and we're going to go. A few weeks ago, I had a chance to witness this in action. You guys ever had an aha moment? Aha moments are pretty important. They help form who we are. An aha moment is when you are told the same truth over and over again, but it just doesn't quite have the impact that it was intended. Until one day, that knowledge is connected with an experience, and suddenly it all makes so much more sense. Sometimes it can be as simple things like, don't touch that, it's going to be hot. When I put my hand on the iron, I said, aha, yeah. Mama's right. That really is hot. When I flipped my bike riding down a hill, I said, aha, mom was right. Helmets are important. Sometimes these aha moments can happen in areas of life change, producing an eternal shift in one's life. On August 10th, 1994, for the first time, someone shared with me the gospel truth in a way that I understood. My mom had shared it with me before. But I heard it one last time in such a way this is what mom was talking about. On August 10, 1994, I asked Christ to be the Lord of my life as a result of this eternally impacting aha moment. When you experience an aha moment, it provides a lasting element of trust that what has been said to you all along is actually true. One of the greatest blessings I have in youth ministry is getting to see those aha moments in the lives of young people. A few weeks ago, Darla 
my wife and I and Anthony, uh, we participated in this event called Fast Break with a group of students, a part of Crew Youth Ministry of Forcade Park High School. It was a day, day camp called Fast Break. The last lesson was a teaching about their walk with God. And I think the speaker did an incredible job about laying out the difference between living religiously and living in a, in a restored relationship with God. We broke out into small groups. And this is, what the question, this is the question that was asked. What would it be like for you personally to walk with God? How would your life be different? Classic church question. And, the, and they responded with classic church answers. But this time it was a little different. Here were their responses. One of them said, I would spend more. These are re- actual responses. If Sean is here, you can just testify to this. No, he's not. Okay, I would, he said, one of them said, I would spend more time, uh, I would spend more time with him. Another said, I would pray more with him. Another said, I would listen to him more. Another said, I would try to know him better by reading the Bible more. Another said, I would talk about him more to other people. Another said, I would not get so easily distracted and stay focused on him. Another said, I would follow him better with my life. Classic answers to the classic question. I said, guys, I don't think you realize how incredible these answers are. I think it's because we've heard this phrase before, and the word walk with God can have this trite, abstract feeling to it, because you don't literally walking step by step with God, or are you? I asked him, guys, let's paint this picture here. This might sound like abstract speech, but let's paint the picture here of what's being asked. When you're walking with someone that you love and you're looking to enrich that relationship, is this how you walk with them? Like, no. So how do you walk with them? Next to each other. Yes. You're walking with that person. I said, guys, get this picture here. This abstract phrasing is actually perfect wording. You said, I would spend more time with him. This is literally walking with God where he goes. You said, I would pray more. When you're walking with someone, what are y'all, do- what are y'all doing? You're talking to one another. When you said, I-, I would listen to him more. When you're walking with someone, they're talking to you, or are you just, you're like, they're starting to get this picture. Like, oh, okay. You said, pointed to another person, I would talk about him more. Or I, I would try to know him better by reading the Bible more. When you're walking with someone, what's the con- if you're looking to enrich that relationship, what's the content of that conversation? You said, I would talk about him more. When you're walking with someone, Joe Schmo comes up to you and says, hey, what's going on, guys? If the person's standing right here, do you go, oh, hey, hey, what's going on, James? No, what do you do? If you care and love this person, you say, hey, James, what's going on? Hey, have you met my buddy Jesus? Are you walking with God, or is he in some faraway place that you visit every once in a while? Oh, walk with God. You said, I would not get so easily distracted. If you're walking and talking with someone, you're engaged in conversation, Joe Schmo's over there on the other side of the room going, Zig, 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 and you're engaged in conversation. What are you going to say? Dude, I'm talking. I'm having a conversation here. Your focus and your attention will be here. You said, pointing to someone else, I would follow him better with my life. Now, here we go. We don't follow God like this. 
We walk side by side with him, but we go where he goes. The first time you could see this That's what it means to walk with God. Why was that so important? They were able in that moment to determine whether or not they actually walked with God. It's an incredible aha moment. But guys, did you notice every one of these things have a biblical principle with scripture that goes along with it? Consider this. These students didn't just come up with those answers on their own. Someone at some point poured in those truths into their life. And then God took all those prior investments and brought it together in a single moment. They all went, ah. Let me encourage you. Place young people where you have influence, even the slightest degree. Place them in environments of life change. Coupled with your influence you've already poured in. And God will come alongside of you as we come alongside of him. And create these eternally impactful aha moments throughout the day. That would be my encouragement for you.